The Fantasy Football Edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. I am doing the show solo today. My partner in crime, Justin Bruni, just had his baby. Congratulations to him, a newborn girl. Good for him. He's going to take the weekend off. At least I, I didn't even mention him in the show this weekend. I'm sure he is so tied up with the new baby and everything like that, taking care of his wife. So good for him. He deserves a weekend off. So with that, I am going to tackle it by myself today. Top 24 redraft fantasy football rankings i am going to begin my these rankings off today with jalen hurts who is in the perfect situation i'm going to go ahead and bring up my board here so i can plug these in for you so you can follow along as well jalen hurts is my quarterback one because he is in the perfect situation this year he has aj brown he has dallas goddard he has Devontae smith two top 10 fantasy receivers last season and a tight end who definitely would have finished in the top 10 if he was healthy all the way through the season. He also has a fantastic offensive line as well. There's really not much to dislike here. The pat, you know, we know what the rushing upside he's going to bring to the table and the passing upside is a given considering the weapons that he has. You know, if I was picking a quarterback to finish as the number 1 over the last couple of next couple of seasons, it would be Jalen Hurts. Jamie, my man joining in the chat. It is all good. I, I'm piling it in today, Jamie, because, yeah, I've, st I've started a new job this week. So I'm doing the back-to-back -back podcast. He's talking about an hour ago. I was on the Faceoff Sports Network talking about undervalued dynasty players. Feel free to give that a check out as well. So with that, on to number two. I have Josh Allen at my number two spot. He finished as a top five quarterback 11 times last season. I think the disrespect is getting too high this offseason he suffered an elbow injury but was still prolific he has that rushing upside and I don't know if his you know when I'm comparing him to Patrick Mahomes I don't know if he you know I know we're saying Buffalo needs those wide receivers and maybe Josh Allen needs them more than Patrick Mahomes needs them but he still has Stefan Diggs he has Dalton Kincaid Gabe Davis I think is set to meet expectations this year after you know he was not going to, he's not a top 24 wide receiver in this league not that he was ranked last season but I think going around wide receiver 40 range, I think he can be an incredible value. I think the Buffalo offense is going to start adjusting without Brian Dable back there. Josh Allen is going to go through the, went through those growing pains that Patrick Mahomes went through a couple of years ago last season. 
I think these guys are learning to play quarterback with these two high shell safety coverages, preventing the deep ball going back there. So Josh Allen, if I had to bet on anybody, you know, breaking through, bouncing back this season and relatively bouncing back because he was still fantastic last season, it would be Josh Allen. Number three, I have the best quarterback in the NFL, my, the man, the myth, the legend himself. That is my Lord and Savior, Patrick Mahomes. You know, I just – I want to rank him as the number one quarterback. There's no doubt about it. That's what every fiber in my being wants to do. However, I'm just looking at the weapons around him, and that what makes me – gives me a little bit of hesitation. Patrick Mahomes had to lift the offense last season. We saw last year when I was watching Chief Games – the wide receivers struggle to get open. You see Patrick Mahomes looking left. He's looking right. He's looking back left. He's looking back right. And there was just, at times, people failed to get open, notably during the first half of the Super Bowl last year. Now, Patrick Mahomes is a superhero, so he can make things happen either way. But I just think this is going to what's prevent him from finishing as a quarterback one the season. I don't think there's any safer quarterback to finish in the top five, but I think this will cap his upside, and he doesn't have the rushing chops of Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen. At number four, though, I have Lamar Jackson. Jackson, if Jackson played, honestly, if he Jackson played 17 games this year, this would probably be far too low. The problem is over the last three seasons, he has failed to meet expectations due to those injuries at the end of the season two. So he hasn't been available for the fantasy playoffs. So that's very detrimental for fantasy managers. However, in redraft leagues is where I want to take my chances on Lamar Jackson. He is the best rushing quarterback in the NFL. He has the best weapons of his career, new offensive coordinator. I think the, the, it's set up for Lamar Jackson to be very successful this year. Can he take that step forward as a passer? Can he stay healthy? Those are be, be the two big questions that I have for Lamar Jackson. Before we get into my number five quarterback, I just want to give one shout, one more shout out to Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor is back. $14 million in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. Circa Millions, five NFL picks against the spread each week. Just pick a different ML money line winner each week as well. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Sports Gambling Podcast will be out there the last weekend in August as well. Circusports.com for all the details. Go to Circusports.com. What would you do with the money if you won? All right. With that, we are going to do into Justin Fields. He is my quarterback five. And in the same spirit of Lamar Jackson, I'm willing to take the risk on Fields in redraft leagues. Because of that rushing upside, what if he does take a step forward as a passer? Oh, before I dive into Jamie is asking a great question in the chat. Are you ranking higher if it's six-point touchdowns or keeping him third? That's very, very tough. I would probably give him the edge over Josh Allen, not over Jalen Hurts in six-point passing touchdowns. That's a great question, Jamie. I would probably give the edge to Patrick Mahomes in six-point passing touchdown. With that, Justin Fields number one in fantasy points per game last year, and they added DJ Moore, and they added to the offensive line. I think, can he just, Justin, he's going to have to improve as a passer if he's going to want to maintain that because teams are eventually going to be able to key on that rushing. He's going to get himself hurt, and it's just not in, conducive for how the game is played today. Justin Fields can't be throwing under sub 150 pass yards a game 
if and continue being a starting quarterback in this league. So I'm looking for Justin Fields to hopefully take a step forward as a passer this year because it is most certainly needed if he is going to be the starting for Chicago Bears in 2024. Number six, I have Justin Herbert in a little bit of a surprise. I, I know who people think are falling in these rankings, but Justin Herbert is my quarterback six. He had a career low in passing touchdowns last year, a career low in rushing yards last year. So he was obviously slowed down by that rib cartilage injury. Rashawn Slater, his left tackle, went down with injury. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, in and out of the lineup. There was a lot working against Justin Herbert last year, and I think there's a lot working for Justin Herbert this season. He has Kellen Moore. Well, first of all, all those players should be healthy. Kellen Moore coming in to reinvent the offense a little bit. Hopefully we see some more downfield passes this year as there was a lot of checkdowns to Austin Eckler last year, which ultimately capped Justin Herbert's upside. I think he has a big bounce back this year. I think he re-puts re himself into that Patrick Mahomes, that Jalen Hurts tier of quarterbacks. Number seven, I have Joe Burrow. I know that's the name that people were waiting to hear. Best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. Volume is no longer an issue. I don't know if people, it feels like forever ago, but even after the Super Bowl, it was just like, well, are the Cincinnati Bengals going to throw the ball enough to support Joe Burrow? Yes, they will. They they put the ball in their best player's hands. No surprise there. He has full control of the offense. You know, he is as safe as any quarterback on this list because he is an outstanding passer. He is always going to be out on that field. He has those wide receivers, but the problem is there just isn't any rushing upside. And so he has to get it all done as a passer. So I just think there's a couple guys that I like a little bit more on this list. Up at number eight, this is another player that might not be very popular here and for understandable reasons. I have Deshaun Watson as my quarterback eight in 2023. He was a top five quarterback three years in a row prior to sitting out a season for Houston, then being suspended for the first 11 games last year. He has pure passing ability that rivals that of Patrick Mahomes, that rivals that of a Joe Burrow. And I, I can't say that, I don't think, for anybody else in this league. He His pocket presence, his pocket awareness, his ability to navigate and, and evade tacklers in the pocket, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Deshaun Watson, I know nobody likes him, but it is a great offensive situation. It's, Good offensive line. Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku. That's an exciting group of skill position players. Nick Chubb back there to take some heat off of him. I think Deshaun Watson is in line to return as a quarterback. One, and I, this might even be too low. Deshaun Watson, I think if if he regains 90, 95% of what he used to be, this is too low of a ranking. So I'm very high on Deshaun Watson this season. Up next, I have the unicorn the long-haired man himself, Trevor Lawrence. I think what we saw last year was obvious that that Urban Meyer was just a disaster of a head coach. Trevor Lawrence really didn't have much of a chance that first year when he was in the league. Now we see what he was able to do with a real head coach, a Super Bowl-winning head coach. He cut down on the interceptions. He cut down – I I compared – Trevor Lawrence to Daniel Jones in the sense that whenever he got tackled, especially that first year, he would just eject the football in the air. That was, his, you know, it was the Daniel Jones syndrome. I'm getting tackled, throw the football five feet up in the air. He cut that out, although he did have a little bit of those issues at the end of last season. He cut that out. Only two interceptions in the second half of last season. That was good to see. So Trevor Lawrence 
getting getting set up for success, which is nice. You have Calvin Ridley back there. You have Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby. The list is endless. The offensive line is okay. It's solid. I think Trevor Lawrence is in line for success this year. I don't know if he's ever going to be Peyton Manning. I don't know if he's ever going to be that, but he is going to be a very good quarterback in this league, and he has some rushing chops to add as well. Up at number 10 is another uh, highly polarizing player. That is Tua Tagovailoa. He is in a tough spot this year. I just, you know, this is almost going to be too low if he plays all the games. Same as Lamar Jackson. He's with Mike McDaniels. He has possibly the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. I know I said that about Joe Burrow, but this is right there with him. Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle is tough to beat. You have an elite play caller at, at the offensive court, head coach slash offensive coordinator. He does have limited rushing upside, which pulls him back a little bit. But the scariest part, obviously, is the fact that, you know, he was talking about retirement this offseason. He said he contemplated it. So, you know, that tells me what if he does get, you know, I know how can you project injuries? You know, I don't like to project injuries, but it has happened the last couple of years. What if he does get another concussion? You know, just if we just put the same risk he has as a player as compared to any other player, let's say it's not even, he doesn't even have more risk, but if he does get another concussion, I don't know if they're going to put him back out there this year. I don't know. I think you're going to hear those retirement talks start up again. You're going to hear what's his playing future. So then all of a sudden you have a guy who has no trade values. Well, I'm speaking more in dynasty terms. I realize I always get off track, but Tua does have a lot of risk. Jamie mentioned he thought I'd have Deshaun Watson a little bit higher. It is tough. I want to honestly, Jamie, I do want to put him higher. My instinct is to put him higher, but you know, the group, the group thought talk is getting scaring me back just a little bit. I'm willing, you know, in redraft leagues, there's a in dynasty league. I love the long-term future of Deshaun Watson, but in redraft leagues, I'm willing to temper those expectations just a bit, just compared to some of the other guys on this list. You know, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, for example, guys that I have behind Deshaun Watson in my dynasty rankings. Those are guys I had ahead in my redraft league just for that rushing upside and the fact that I I, I know what to expect from them to a certain extent, I suppose. Uh, up next here, yes, I know I was I was talking about Tua, so hopefully. We see Tua play a full assortment of games this year because I do think he finishes as a quarterback one if that's the case. Next up, I have I have Kirk Cousins. As oh, I'm sorry, I skipped somebody. Oh no, okay, I'm sorry, I'm messing up my list here. That's what threw me off here. I didn't add Trevor Lawrence to my little graphic here, so my apologies. Threw myself off. Yes, up next I do have Kirk Cousins. Up next, this man has finished as a top twelve quarterback three years in a row. And let me go ahead and tell you, it is because of volume, 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 volume is why I have him there this year. He is going to throw a lot more this year than he, especially than he did three and two years ago. And he's going to throw more this year than I even think he did last season. So I'm very high on Kirk Cousins this year. You know, more of a guy I'm high in redraft leagues. He was the quarterback sixth last year. And there's really no it didn't get worse for Kirk Cousins. We're expecting some guys to get better, but Kirk Cousins should be in a situation to be a fantastic fantasy football quarterback. He's going to be frustrating in real life. He's going to make a bonehead play in a big moment, not rise to the occasion, but that doesn't necessarily affect us in fantasy football league. So draft Kirk Cousins with confidence as a quarterback one. As my quarterback 13, 
I'm sorry, quarterback 12. I'm throwing off today. I need, I should have drank one more coffee before this podcast today. Okay. Reset. Quarterback 12. Finishing off my top 12 quarterbacks here is a guy who was the quarterback five last season. And it also, the situation got better. We're just using the past against him. Geno Smith. He has an incredible skill position group. DK Metcalf. He has Tyler Lockett. He has Jackson Smith, Nujikba. He has two great running backs, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet. He has a solid tight ends. I mean, what, what what's not to like about Geno Smith's situation this year? Now, I think, obviously, we know what Geno's – Geno Smith is not a top-five quarterback in the NFL. He's not a top-five fantasy quarterback. That's not realistic for him to finish in that way again. But I think we did see he was an elite passer. You go, you go down my favorite place, player profiler, they're – have a great stats page. You just go Google Geno Smith player profiler. They have 50 stats right there, breaking down his passing in the deepest detail. And you just go down the numbers. He was fantastic. He was a truly great passer last season. And I expect that to continue this season. Like I said, I expect that to slow down just a little bit, but he is still in position to succeed in Seattle. And he should be there for the foreseeable future as they aren't likely to have good enough draft capital to replace him anytime soon. With that, I'm going to pay one more set of bills here. Give a big shout out to one of my one of my favorites, Underdog Fantasy. We are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is, Pick is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, and also, if you are still listening at this point in the show, if you wouldn't mind giving a like, subscribe, rating, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast, me and Justin would be very much appreciative. Once again, uh, Jamie, you, I think you missed it at the beginning. Uh, you might have saw it on Twitter, though. Justin did have his baby, a brand-new baby girl, so good for him. That is why he is not here this week uh, taking care of a two- or three-day-old child at this point. I forget what day that was this week, but good for him. Once again, congratulations. All right. Up next here. I have, starting off in the quarterback two rankings here, my quarterback 13, that is Dak Prescott. Some might be still a little bit surprised to see Dak Prescott all the way outside of quarterback one range. However, I have it that way because he is losing a little bit of that luster that he had early on in his career. What I mean by that is that rushing upside he hasn't exceeded over 200 rushing yards the last three seasons. Part of that is because of injury. The rushing touchdowns, he's not getting in the end zone as much as he did early on in his career. So Dak Prescott predominantly relying on his arm at this point. And it's not it's a good, not terrific situation over in Dallas. He does have C.D. Lamb, but Brandon Cook's on and off due to injury. Michael Gallup, we kind of know who he is at this point. It's a good, you know, solid group of receivers. He did lose Dalton Schultz, but nothing that I think that puts him over the top here. I think he is safer than some of this. I think his he will float around quarterback one range and, you know, how Justin Fields performs, how 
if Tua can stay healthy, you know, those, those will be, those differences push him into quarterback one range if he can get ahead of those guys. But he's someone I see is just having borderline quarterback one value this season. Um, next up, I have to give a shout out since Justin Bruni's not here. If, if we split these rankings, he, this guy would have gone, this guy would have been probably in the top five quarterbacks. Cause knowing Justin, you, you know, this Jamie, uh, Jared Goff is my quarterback 14. Justin probably would have had him somewhere in the top five. I imagine that's only kidding slightly there, but <laughs> Jared Goff is in, he was a quarterback one last season though, to uh, Justin's credit in another terrific situation. He, you know, great offensive line, which is very necessary. If we want good Jared Goff production, he needs to have a good offensive line in front of him. That's important. Of course, he has his target hog in Amon Ross St. Brown. However, Jamison Williams is missing for the, for the first six weeks. So that could stymie his production. But once he comes back, I think that offense will be fully unlocked. Uh, it's going to be there. The Lions are going to be very competitive this season. So they should be throwing a lot. It'll definitely be a boost when Jameson Williams comes back. So I think just the, I really like the offensive situation <laughs> in Detroit. And I, although I don't love him as much as my usual partner in crime, Justin does. I do think Jared Goff is in for a very, very good season. Up next at number 15 is Daniel Jones. I have him down this way because of the much tougher schedule. And they didn't improve the wide receiver core for Daniel Jones. He does have Darren Waller, but that, will he have Darren Waller for 17 games? I think it's ask, it's going to be asking a lot for Daniel Jones. It's just how much rushing production are we going to get? He was number five in the NFL in rushing yards last year. If he can get 700 yards again, I think that's certainly within his range of outcomes. But that's what it's going to be have to take. He's going to have to get that production driving through his legs because the defenses are going to be playing a lot tougher this season. Or I mean, schedule's a lot tougher, like I said. And I just don't know if that wide receiver room, if he's going, if Daniel Jones is going to be able to carry it and be a consistent passing threat. So Daniel Jones, I'm a little bit lower on this year. Right behind Daniel Jones is Russell Wilson for me. I expect Russell Wilson to have us. Another guy who I expect to have a somewhat of a bounce back season. I don't think he's going to get back into quarterback one range, but Sean Payton should get this offense at at least a respectable level, unlike what they were last season. Nathaniel Hackett clearly did not hack it, unfortunately. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was just a disaster. And he was able to luckily get it going a little bit against my Kansas City Chiefs in there. I think he was a top five quarterback both those weeks, unfortunately. So Russell Wilson got some confidence going at the last season, developed some chemistry with Jerry Judy, had Cortland Suttons there as well, uh, Greg Dulcich. So there's a lot to work with in Denver. So I expect them to be a lot better this season. Right behind him is Nathaniel Hackett's former quarterback as well. That is Aaron Rodgers. You know, I know I, – you see a wide range in how people are ranking Aaron Rodgers this season. And I think that's because yeah, he was just an MVP two seasons ago. So people are like, why can't he get back there? We've saw Tom Brady play until he was 45. Oh, oh, hold on. I have Jamie here, you know, pointing out another, Jamie might as well be a host of the show for how much time I shout him out in it, but he's our best commenter. And he, is brought up something very funny. Me and Justin have a competition to shave our heads at the end of the season for who is going to finish as a better fantasy quarterback, Deshaun Watson or Jared Goff. I have Deshaun Watson, of course, and my partner in crime, Justin Bruni, has Jared Goff. 
I know which way I'm going, but our pal Jamie here threw it up on Facebook and it has 60 votes and apparently it's tied. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Here's the deal. I think, I think if people were playing with their minds and voting with their minds instead of their heart, I think Deshaun Watson would win that poll. I understand why Deshaun Watson's not winning that poll. And I think people just don't like him. And I understand that, but I think Deshaun Watson is going to have, be a good fantasy quarterback this year. And unfortunately, Justin Bruni is not going to have any hair in December. <laughs> uh, but yes, no, my point on Aaron Rodgers was though, that I know people have looked at Tom Brady and being like, well, he played until he was 45. Aaron Rodgers is not eating avocado ice cream in the off season. Unfortunately, he's doing ayahuasca in Southern Brazil. You know, that that's a little bit more his style. So, Aaron Rodgers is not somebody who I expect to be playing in this league of 45. I think we've definitely seen the best of Aaron Rodgers and without any rushing upside, without a terrific situation, he's watching. I, once again, similar to the, um, the Denver Broncos, it's a good situation. It's not a great situation. I don't think it's going to elevate Rodgers into court because that's what it would take. Aaron Rodgers would need to be elevated by the situation around him instead of elevating the offense. So Garrett Wilson is very nice. They have a solid group of wide receivers. But Brees Hall hopefully coming back as well. But I just think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be relied on more to be efficient, more to be mistake-free, as opposed to a prolific passer this season. This is the next up, my quarterback 18. And this might be way too low. It could be way too high. I have Anthony Richardson as my quarterback 18. The very wide range of outcomes, the most athletic quarterback to ever test at the NFL Combine. Massive rushing upside, but just does he, can he cut it as a passer, particularly in his first season of the league? He only had one season at the starter at Florida, sub 55% completion percentage in that time at Florida. That is not great. Obviously, how, how much playing time is he going to get this year? The reports, Jim Irsay already wanted him out there week one. Of course, of course, he's going to say that, but will he be able to get out there? Uh, Gardner Minshew is a very good quarterback, so... I expect Anthony Richardson, I think he's going to be one of those players that when he is out there, he's going to perform well because he has such immense rushing upside. They're going to design plays to get him out in the open field, juking tackles, breaking tackles. So I think that's good. But how long do we get it, though, if he can't complete a pass? You know, that that's that's the danger. He's even he's much less develop, less developed passer than Justin Fields was. He's a much less developed passer than a Josh Allen. He's less developed passer than a Lamar Jackson. So he has longer to go than those guys even did. So there's something to be said for that. But the upside is tremendous, especially in dynasty leagues. Down to our last few here. I have at number 19, I have Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett threw seven touchdowns and nine interceptions last season. That does not get much worse than that. People's favorite word I'm going to use here, positive regression. And that is the proper term, even though it does not sound correct. Yes, he is in for positive regression as he is going to throw more touchdowns this season. The offensive line is a little bit better. Hopefully, now this is the part I'm not confident. Hopefully the play calling is better, but he does have the skill positions. He has Deontay Johnson. He has George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth. Najee Harris. There's a lot to work with there. Kenny Pickett also has some rushing chops. He, he you know, I think... We saw that last season. He started uh, adding some more dual threat ability to his game. He finds the end zone a few times this year. I think he could flirt with mid-quarterback two territory. He's one of my favorite values if you're a best ball drafter on underdog or anything like that. I love stacking him with Pittsburgh 
stacks. Deontay Johnson is a fantastic value too. So Kenny Pickett is my quarterback 19. Number 20. And I am, this is another guy that I have a little bit higher and it's, I didn't at the beginning of the season, but I, I don't know where to go from this point. And I have Brock Purdy as my quarterback 20. And this is another guy. I mean, is this too low? Because he is the starting quarterback, obviously at this point for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I didn't want to believe it in January and February, even despite what they were saying. I'm like, no, 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 they are not going to have, they are not going to have a Super Bowl ready team. They aren't going to have a team ready to win a Super Bowl today and start the last pick in the draft. Only Kyle Shanahan would do that. Somebody with that kind of confidence in his own ability to, to, to make any passer work. So Brock Purdy, they obviously like the fact that he doesn't try to mess with the offense. He just does what's asked from him, has a little, little bit more safer than a Trey Lance. So, I mean, if he's the starting quarterback for the 49ers, I don't know how he doesn't beat this ranking. You have George Kittle, you have Debo Samuel, you have Brandon Ayuk. You're going to be, you're going to be competitive in all those games too. So Brock Purdy, somebody who, I don't know if he's a long-term starter in this league. I don't see the arm strength there. I don't, I don't think he can really zip the ball to the outside. When you're looking, I think the 49ers this season are going at times going to regret not having a better signal call back there. There's going to be, there's a lot of limitations to Brock Purdy. I do think he is going to exceed those expectations this year though, as I think this ADP is still factoring in risk that Sam Donald or Trey Lance start. At number 21, I have Derek Carr. Derek Carr, I think we, I mean, this is uninspiring, not somebody I'm targeting, particularly in my drafts, unless he falls a little bit. But Derek Carr, we know what we're getting. Not a he had, you know, if you were looking at the stats last season, odds are it was the worst since Derek Carr's rookie year. He had a poor year last year. And I just don't. You know, it's a slightly better offensive situation. I suppose you could say he, Alvin Kamara, pending suspension, Kendra Miller at the running back position, Jamal Williams. You have Michael Thomas. Can he stay healthy? You have Chris Olave. So you have some tools there, but I just don't have faith in Derek Carr to elevate the offense. I just think he settles in more as, once again, a low-end quarterback, too, with limited upside. If you're in a super flex league, you can start him, but I don't think he is ever going to win you any weeks pretty much what he's been doing the last few years. Next up, and this is a man, you know, I'm getting on the, buying into the kind of the hype a little bit. I have CJ Stroud ahead of my dynasty rankings, but I do have Bryce Young here as my quarterback 22 in these rankings or quarterback 23. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I did have it right. Quarterback 22. I can't read my own handwriting. Obviously I need to start writing more clearly, but quarterback 22, Bryce Young. The camp reports have been terrific, outlining his leadership ability, outlining his passing. You know, I expected that. He is one of the best pure passers to come out in the draft recently. The question is, can he overcome those size limitations? When You know, when we go and we look and we try to find somebody who's compared to his size, you, you know your immediate instinct is to look at somebody like a Kyler Murray, a Russell Wilson, but – those guys are significantly thicker. They might be the same height as him, but they have a lot more muscle on them. So they are able to they are able to run in the open field. And we've seen even Kyler Murray, who's a significantly thicker, when he's he's struggled to stay healthy due to that slider frame. I know he's probably not going to be out there taking as many hits as 
Kyler Murray does. But Bryce Young is somebody who, you know, looking at the closest size comparison is Doug Flutie. That was the closest name I could find, at least a relevant quarterback. And he was not exactly fantasy relevant. So Bryce Young, there's a lot of risk there. But if he can stay, you know, if he can develop chemistry with these mediocre wide receiver core, I think he can return value here. The Falcons, I mean, the Carolina Panthers are going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. There's going to be a lot of room for Bryce Young just to be flinging that ball down the field. So I, I like it. I'm just, it's very risky. And I, I, he's not somebody I'm forcing in my drafts, but he does fall quarterback 22 for me. Finishing up, I am going on to my last two here. I have Matthew Stafford as my quarterback, 23. You know, we're, we're at the end of the line, unfortunately, for Matthew Stafford. I'm very happy that he was able to win a Super Bowl before he uh, went out, but he's, he's struggling with injuries that, you know, he might just be being taped together at this point. He did pull together a healthy year for that Super Bowl run, but he was struggling with injuries in Detroit three years prior to that. This is a guy who, at this point in his career, is very much struggling to stay healthy. It's a bad offensive line, a very bad offensive line. The wide receiver core is non-existent outside of Cooper Cup. You have Tyler Higbee, who's okay. It's just not conducive for success. You know, I mean, the only reason I can look at this and be like, I mean, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford had to come back for some reason, right? They had to at least have confidence that they were going to be able to do something if they both decided to come back. Other than that, I really don't have a lot of positive things to say, just maybe a belief in that. They believe in themselves. I guess that's what you can say. So Matthew Stafford probably could be on his way out at the end of the season. Finally, last up, Jordan Love. And this is, I mean, I I think people are lying if they tell you that they know what's going to happen with Jordan Love this season. I, I don't know how you would know. We've hardly seen him in the NFL. When he was in college, he was good, but he also was playing at Utah State. Didn't get to see him against a lot of competition. You know, the Packers didn't, you know, up until, you know, recently, when it seemed like when it was a foregone conclusion when Aaron Rodgers was gone, they didn't feel like, it didn't seem like they were super excited or overly eager to get him out there. So I just don't know what to expect with Jordan Love. I don't think there's any, like, scenario where he turns this around and is a top, 12 quarterback or anything like that can he provide super flex value can he be okay i think that is certainly within his range of outcomes but there are quarterbacks that i prefer ahead of him with that i do have my top 24 on display up here i should have been better about listing them a little bit shorter increments re-saying them but i will not rehash all 24 in the list here i'll add that in the comments a little bit later on with that I am going to wrap it up here. I'll be back next Sunday, maybe with Justin, maybe not. I haven't talked to him yet, so I'm going to get get his God, see what he's doing with the new kid. Once again, congratulations to him. But we will be back either way next week. At least I will be. I'll also be producing on Player Profiler, uh, The Dominator with Billy Muzio tonight, and I will be producing Jack Kavanaugh's Player Profiler today over the next few days. You can also find my articles on player profiler and SGPN. And I will also be hosting the face off sports or the cocktail hour fantasy football podcast on the face off sports network too. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Jamie. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Okay. Thanks a lot.